Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. All right, guys, what is going on today? We are going to be talking about relationships and really friendships. I'm not going to talk as much about, you know, marriage or spouses or any of those kinds of maybe more personal things. Not going to talk too much about kids, but really friendships and the people outside of our immediate family and the people who really, let's just say, influence us. They influence what we do. They influence where we go socially. They influence what we do socially. And a lot of our actions and behaviors throughout our lives, especially starting as kids and teenagers, are so influenced by other people that I think a lot of times as adults, we maybe lose sight of that. And if you guys do have kids, you guys probably get to see it firsthand all the time, right? Is, you know, you're watching your kid and all of a sudden they're hanging out with kids who are playing Fortnite and they're doing the Fortnite dances. And then all of a sudden uh, you look at your kid and he's trying to do the Fortnite dances. And if he's like most kids, he's probably not very good at them at first. And then if he keeps hanging out around those kids and they keep doing it, then all of a sudden he like tries to figure all those things out. And I use the Fortnite dances because I feel like that's just sort of a ridiculous uh, monkey see monkey do thing where kids don't actually realize. Let's just say how stupid they look when they do it, like because they really do look absolutely stupid because the dances are all intentionally stupid. Uh, So it's a it's a very interesting thing to me. Anyway, I digress. Uh, So. When we see that, right, when we watch them be influenced, I don't think a lot of that changes when we become adults. We, as we grow up or as we get a little bit older, I think we start to realize the types of people that maybe uh, influence in ways that we don't like. So this is like our dramatic people, our gossipers, uh, the people who are always finding something to complain about or someone to complain about. And that just becomes very, very unappealing once you start to get to that point in your life where you're just like, you know, I'm over that. Like, I don't care about any of that crap. And unfortunately, some people just sort of hang on to that all throughout their lives. But it's important to be able to sort of see that and push it at an arm's length, distance yourself from it and say, I'm just not even going to engage. It's not in my being. It's not something I want to be about. It's not something I am about to be a part of the drama. And so let's talk mostly positive today. Let's talk about what we want out of our relationships and why they are so, so, so important. So if you guys have ever read the book Tribe or you guys have ever read, uh, there's one, man, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but it's about bowling leagues in the 50s. And it talks from a sociological standpoint about how uh, playing cards together and being in bowling leagues together and some of these other social engagement things that we used to do really allowed us to be closer. And as technology has come along, we have become more arm's length with people and we're maybe not as good at caring friendships. We're not as empathetic as we were. And life also, I think, is just a little bit faster paced now than it's ever been. So in my opinion, now we are sort of living in a time that it's really maybe harder than ever to hold, hang on to, enjoy and engage with real long term friendships. And one of the things that I think makes this very, very hard is 
I think people sometimes are very, very hard to go out of their way to maybe prioritize a friendship or prioritize hanging out socially and just taking a moment to prioritize laughing and smiling and hugging and just being around people that sort of fill you up. And I think laughing is the big thing is, you know, we can laugh from external sources. We can watch funny TV shows. We can watch funny movies. Uh, we can listen to comedy, you know, CDs or well, not CDs. Nobody listens to CDs anymore. Uh, comedy podcasts or whatever. And we, we I mean, we can laugh. We can laugh without, uh, you know, real tangible, like touching engagement. But if you guys are anything like me, you never, ever laugh as hard as you do when you're hanging out with a good group of friends and buddies and you're sort of ribbing each other or, you know, talking about nostalgic things in the past that were funny in the moment. But when you remember them or you kind of talk about them and you bring them back up, it just makes you smile and laugh even more. And if I'm saying that and it makes you smile and, I, and you're thinking about who makes you laugh, I always think about, you know, Tom and Jay, like just really, you know, Tom specifically, um, very, very few people made me, made me laugh as much as, as Tom has throughout my life. And because of that, there's this like deep, you know, desire to want to hang out with him, to want to talk to him, to want to be around him. Because, uh, not only do I feel like I can truly, you know, be myself and be authentic and still laugh, which is what we really want out of our relationships, but there's a, you know, chemical response to just that laughter, to just that time, that carefree time, that fun. And, being able to do that with a friend, I think, is something that is really, really underrated from a health perspective. And I think now the more people I've been talking to over quarantine, uh, people generally right now, I, we're able, I'm going to say we, we, because I am, we're all a little bit more depressive than we were before this thing happened. We are all struggling a little bit more emotionally, and it's a weird way. And I don't know if it's like a, there's like a lack of hope or, you know, the media or whatever. Like it's, you know, it just there's just sort of this fog or cloud that just sort of is lingering over the top of everything. And everyone's just a little bit more on edge, a little bit less close to laughter. And as I talk to more and more people, this is a common conversation that I'm having now. And I, and I worry about the effects of that psychologically, mentally, and physically, because we know that that's going to carry over into our physical being. And if you guys have never struggled with any form of depression or, you know, severe loneliness um, and isolation in any capacity, one of the things that's really challenging or, you know, just sort of insidious about the disease itself is it makes you want to be isolated more. It's kind of a weird problem, right? When you when you get depressive, the thing you need the most, or when you are more depressive, the thing you need the most is time around other people, positive relationships, people who are going to make you laugh, people who are going to make you smile and forget about some of the problems that are going on. And some of that fog and gray that takes up brain space for you, you need to just laugh it off. And have some time around people where you don't have to be on all the time, where it's okay to be vulnerable and talk about things and but still laugh. That's what you need when you're in that depressive state. 
but the insidious part about depression and isolationism and some of these things is is we we almost avoid it we go away from it when we need it the most and my mom had told me she thinks that I need to do this podcast for people because she sees people doing it more and my guess is that when she called me and when we had that conversation that she was coming from a really positive engagement with somebody who made her smile and made her laugh and made her, made her feel warm and welcome and made her feel good and made her feel that, you know, for all the crap that's screwed up right now in the world, like I, this person made me feel good. This person made me feel warm and safe and comfortable and happy and that's that's what we need to be out and spending time with other people for. And so it's it's a challenge right now because there's this whole group of scientists and people and all this stuff who's, you know, telling you, you know, distance and don't hang out with people and do this and do that. And you know, where I stand with all this is I think that you need to be smart as with anything, you need to have a high level of personal responsibility when it comes to disease stuff. But you also need to continue to prioritize your mental and physical well-being. If you look at what this disease is attacking, it's attacking weak immune systems. It's attacking people who are in this sort of defensive mode who are already sick. And so we want to push ourselves further away from sickness. We want to push ourselves past fitness and into wellness. And the difference between fitness and wellness is fitness is something you achieve physically, but not mentally. Wellness is achieving it physically and mentally. That is the difference. So wellness is more, right? That's nutrition, mental health, being in a positive, engaging place, being open to new things and engaging with people and opportunities and being physically fit. That is true wellness. And that's what we're trying to achieve here. And a huge part of true wellness is having positive and engaging relationships that you can go to to give us what we need from that. And if you look at a lot of stuff that screws us up mentally, if you take any you know psychology course, or you read any psychology book, or you look into relationship psychology or any of these things, it's screwed up relationships in the past affect us by orders of magnitude greater than anything else does, right? So if you had a bad relationship with your parents or your mother or your father, or um, you know you you lost a sibling or you had a horrible breakup or something along those lines, like that, those things have long-term lasting physical, emotional, and mental health ramifications. And on the opposite end of that, when we have loving positive, engaging relationships. We have a better mental balance. Less drama. You know, if you ever notice, you know, kids and, you know, as they become teenagers and teenagers, you know, it's a, a insane hormonal time. 
And there's so much like, you know, just natural drama of being a teenager in a public high school. If you just use my, my experience, but let's just say most Americans is like, it's, you know, teenagers, they need stuff to do and talk about. And so it's drama and drama and drama, whatever. None of it's real. We all sort of know that for the most part. Right. And when you look at those things, the, the teenagers who are going to be able to handle that, that stuff the best, who are going to be able to handle the relationships and the drama and not let it really affect them or you know change who they are as people are going to be the parents who are loving and supportive emotionally. And the kids know that they are going to be loved through that. So I'm listening to uh, David Goggins book right now which is an interesting book. He's a very interesting guy. If you guys have never heard his stuff before, it puts you into a weird mode of dealing with complaining, uh, or dealing with people who are, uh, let's say taking, taking the easy way out on themselves. Cause he is just a savage and he speaks very, very hard about people who are, um, taking it easy on themselves or being soft on themselves, mentally allowing themselves to be a victim. And, it puts you when you're listening to it into sort of a weird mentality towards that. Cause like, you're like in your head, you're like, yeah, yeah. Like that's, that's screwed up. <laughs> like don't, you know, I'm sick of people who, who play victim. Like I'm not going to be a victim. And you know, you get into this weird, like you sort of adopt his little savage mentality. Um, but I think one of the things for us to take away from that, you know, is we don't want to be all the way on that savage mentality because I think sometimes people are struggling and they need relationships and they need support and we need to be prepared to be there for them. And you can't just write people off because they're going through a moment of struggle. In reality, you have to think this person needs me now more than ever. And I need to be available to, you know, make them laugh and hang out with them and do whatever I need to do to help and support them through that time. And I can't just shut down during that time for those people. So as we start kind of going deeper into this quarantine, we have challenges ahead of us. We do. We absolutely do. And so the people who I'm talking to on this podcast, if you're listening to this, you're a leader and you might not recognize it. You might not realize it. Uh, You might not even affiliate with that in terms of your own friends, your own network, your own people, but you are. And I know you are because there is a very, very small minority of people, less than 1% of 1% of people who are down this path far enough to be working on their mental and physical health with intention. It's not many people. They're rare and they're few and far between. And the people who are doing it, who are engaging with it, and they're sticking with it for the long term, and they're they're making it habitual. Well, what you're going to find is that people are going to start to look to you for advice. They're going to start to look to you to be a rock for them when stuff goes bad in their life or when they're struggling with things in their life. They're going to start to they're going to start to look to you. They're going to start to need you. And it's going to be weird. There's a responsibility to that. There's a responsibility for you for that. There's a responsibility to be honest and have integrity and tell people, you know, how you think you can help them and hold them to account with things. And above all else, just be there for them and help them laugh. Now, the hard part and what I've struggled with myself is is, is being a leader. Sometimes that pressure on you, uh, it mounts up and, you know, you just sometimes just want to be the person to be able to reach out to help <laughs> for help from people. You want to be the person to reach out and be like, yeah, man, I just need a laugh. Like, I just need to I just need to hang out. And 
finding those friends and finding those people and engaging in those relationships that allow you to do that and have that uh, are, are key. And I'm very blessed. I'm very lucky to know exactly who does that for me in my life and know exactly who I can call on and reach out to when I need that. And that took time and that took effort and that took empathy and effort on my part to build those relationships. And I just need to make sure that I'm giving as much to those people as a leader in this mentality. And I'm available for those people in this you know, medium as much as they are for me. And so it's a give and take. And that's what relationships are. So as you guys go through this pandemic, don't be surprised that people reach out to you or people complain to you. And this is kind of a telltale sign, right? If people are openly complaining to you, there's one school of thought of people that say, I don't have complaining in my list. So like, let's take Ben Bergeron who mixed feelings about, right? Ben Bergeron is like, I don't allow complaining in my life. If anybody complains, I walk away and I disassociate from that person. And it's like, well, okay. Um, you know, first of all, to claim that you never complain about something is ridiculous to me. I don't think that that's possible. I haven't spent any, well, I I should say I've spent some time around him. And so I don't know, I'm not with him every day. Uh, but I think it's unrealistic to say that I'm, I'm going to completely disassociate from complaining because there's a part of that in just human nature and we're all fallible. And so a better way to take that might be to say, you know, hey, I'm going to I'm going to try to help these people if I care about them. I'm going to try to help them to help them see that they're responsible in or that they have some degree of responsibility in what they're complaining about. If you're complaining about your boss, you have some degree of responsibility in your career and in your job and how you interact with your boss and how you communicate with your boss. You have some degree of responsibility on what's happening and what you're choosing to do about it. And so you can bring that up to those people and you can help them in that moment. And so as a leader, these are the things that we need to be sort of responsible for is helping our friends recognize when they're in a downward spiral, recognizing those points and in bringing it up to them being like, hey, you know, I've noticed you've been complaining a lot. I noticed you've been quick to anger. I've noticed you've been maybe a little bit mean sometimes lately. How can I help? Do you want to talk? You want to go hang out? Let's go blow off some steam. What do you want to do? Like, what what can we do that's just going to make you, what can we do that's going to make you laugh? You want to sit around a campfire and have a couple beers? You want to go watch a movie? You want to go to Magic Mountain and play putt-putt? Like, what do you want to do? Like, and just engage with them. And sometimes that's what being a leader is. And sometimes even just offering a helping hand can go a long way to people. And on the other hand, if you guys are struggling right now and you're listening to this and you guys are struggling with some of these things, start to, you know, whatever, go through your phone, look through your relationships, think through it, write them down. Who is it? Who are the people when I say right now, who's somebody who makes you laugh? Who's somebody who cracks you up every time you're around with them? They always make you smile. Who is that person for you? And reach out to them. And just be like, hey, let's just hang. If they're remote, if they don't live with you anymore, hey, let's do a Zoom call. Hey, let's hang out tonight. Let's spend some time together. It, technology allows us to do this, to FaceTime, to, to, you know, whatever. You can watch a movie together on FaceTime now. Like, this is, these are things now. And 
you know, I've thought about Jay Tom and I always used to watch Blue Streak, which is a ridiculous Martin Lawrence comedy uh, from from back in the day. And it's such a such a stupid but great movie at the same time. We used to watch that and The Rock and Shooter and maybe a couple other movies pretty much on repeat and just memorize the lines. And then it just it just I don't know. Every time I see those movies now, like as I'm talking about right now, I'm I'm like cracking up in my head just thinking about the lines that Tom would say or whatever. And so, like, if I really knew I needed a laugh, I could reach out to Tom and be like, hey, you want to stream and watch uh, Blue Streak together tonight and just get Jay in on it and just crack up and watch it um and i know for sure 100 that i would have a laugh that i would have an enjoyable time an enjoyable night and i hope that you have those relationships in your life and if you don't then we got to get to work like we got to build those things and you're not going to do it from your couch you're not going to do it sitting on social media you're not going to do it um you know working all the time you're not going to do it you know trying to do whatever we're talking about like whatever you're spending all your time doing you're not going to accomplish building new relationships by doing anything other than engaging in relationships I know it's hard. It's it's hard to go out. So let's say you guys are new to the gym and you guys are maybe listening to this podcast. It's not the easiest thing in the world to go up to a complete stranger and introduce yourself and stick around after the workout and go out into the parking lot or onto the turf or whatever and, and sit and have a conversation, just engage with people and ask them about themselves. You know, hey, you want to grab some lunch or you want to grab some breakfast? Hey, let's go get some, you know, uh, people used to go and get mimosas at Whole Foods after uh, the Saturday morning classes. But I will tell you, and the people who've been around the gym for a while, they can tell you that some of the most meaningful, worthwhile, happiness-filled relationships that they have ever had in their entire life were born from that exact thing. The amount of marriages that we've had in the gym, the spouses that we've had, and inside of those weddings, the people who stand up right next to them in our best men, officiants, wedding parties. Those are relationships born, created, and started inside of the gym. But what it took from those people is getting out of their comfort zone and talking with somebody, engaging, spending time working on building a relationship. And this is as important as spending time working on nutrition, more important than spending time working on fitness or business or work or anything. One of the realizations that I had around COVID was that I could build this business and I could spend all this time working for 10 years, 11 years, and just devote my entire life to building this thing. And it could be gone in a blink. And some of my best friends who are gym owners and some of these people who I know who are amazing at what they do, they're better than what they're better than me at owning a gym. They're a better coach than me. They're more established. They've had a gym longer and they shut their doors because of COVID, because of the decisions that their governors made in the fitness world and the health world has lost something massively because of these decisions. But what they have and what I have and the realization I had was what I have is I've got the relationships. I've spent the time to build those relationships. I've spent the time to meet those people, understand their families and what their needs are. And that is going to live beyond friendship. 
the, the friendships I have, the people I know that will live long after friendship. Well, hopefully friendship lasts until after I die. That'd be really cool. I'd love to hand it down to young people eventually in the future and have them carry the torch forward. That would be really cool for me. But if it doesn't and friendship ends at some point in my lifetime, then those relationships will last beyond that because I met Maria at the gym and I'll be married to her till I die. I think. (laughs) <laughs> or I, I'm guessing she's going to outlive me by a good amount. Let's be honest. Uh, I mean, that's not, I don't even think that's going to be close. Um, and then, you know, all the other relationships that I've met, uh, you know, eight, the, the dozens and hundreds of people that I've grown so close to that would, those relationships will not end when friendship ends. Those phone conversations, the, the, the power of those things go so far beyond what I really dedicate and spend so much of my time doing and it's important to have those recognitions and realizations. And it's important to be so thankful for the relationships in your life that have stuck through this job and that job, this girlfriend and that boyfriend, you know, this, this move to this new town, you know, and friends who have moved to new towns and you still talk to them. Such a powerful thing. It's really what makes the world go round. And it's just such an important component of building a positive mental place that, you know, my mom was right to not have talked about this on the podcast a lot before. And um, it's hard because it's not an easy thing to talk about sometimes. It sort of is, um, uh, what is it? Ephoral, is it ethereal? I forget the way you say it, but it's it's sort of like this phantom thing. Um and it's not necessarily something that's so tangible, right? It's not something that we can sit there and we can talk about reframing or we can talk about mindset or we can talk about these skills and tactics to recognize downward spirals and how to come out of them and things we need to be doing to help start upward trends and, and work out things and fitness things and how to think about recovery and all of these other things. It's not, it's not as easy as that. Relationships are more complicated. They're more complex. They're more challenging. And probably, honestly, they take more time investment. They take more emotional investment. That's certain. And it's a consistency thing. It's just like anything, right? The best relationships in your life are the ones that you consistently prioritize. I can guarantee you that. The ones that you don't miss a text message every day. You know, you don't miss checking in with them for a couple of weeks. Those are your best relationships. Those are the ones that they won't falter with time. And the ones that will are the ones that you prioritize the least. And that's just the way of it. So if you guys want a relationship to be better, consistently prioritize it. Move it up in your chain of things. And if you guys don't have many relationships, if you're new to the area, if you're new to the gym and you're looking for a new set of friends or you're looking to meet new people, this is sort of as equal to getting out of your comfort zone inside of a workout or as equal to getting outside of your comfort zone with what you're eating. Get out of your comfort zone and engage in some conversation with people. And it's cool to watch Lewis Center start fresh. You know, when we started the gym before and you're building these relationships, you're meeting all these people. And I think back fondly to those times. It is crazy, crazy, crazy to think that I've met some of these people over nine years ago. You know, the Bobbies and the Cashes and the Lisa Guzics and all of these all of these people who have been around for, you know, coming up on over nine years. 
and you know the relationships that brought us all together and you know to still have these these strong relationships in our lives with the people who started it with me i think that's rare too and there's so much to be gained from talking to that person to the left or right of you because you probably have more in common than you think if you're both inside of these doors and in these walls so I hope that you guys engage with that. I hope you lean into it. If you guys are have been at friendship for eight years or nine years and you've got all the friendships in the world and you've seen all of the people come and go and you've got those friendships and you've got those people who you met there and they've moved on and they're, you know, at another place, um, you know, in, in the area or not in the area, but you still talk with them. It's just that those are the things to be thankful for. Just be so thankful that we brought we we were able to come together. We were able to meet each other and that that relationship spans bigger than, you know, the initial medium with which you met. So it's like a relationship lasting beyond high school. How many high school relationships did you have that once high school is over? It was like, okay, I never saw that person again. But then you maybe have those high school relationships that span so far beyond high school. They've spanned decades beyond. You still talk to them, still engage with them, still friends with them. And those are the ones that are really, really worthwhile. And so make sure that you continue to prioritize those. Laugh, hug, tell people you love them. You know, again, we, it, you know, take it back to uh, Tom and, and, you know, Jay and Grant. And, you know, it's just one of those things that to, to you know, characterize or put the magnitude of, you know, how much those relationships mean to me. It's it, I think it's hard. Uh, for people to even maybe understand that. And I hope you guys have relationships like this in your life. Um, but we openly tell each other that we love each other and, and you do. And, and that just is, is a meaningful thing. And it's okay to say that to your friends and you should tell them that because they might need to hear that right now more than you think. And it might mean a lot to them to just call them up. Just be like, Hey, I miss you. Wanted to tell you, I was thinking about you. Wanted to tell you I love you. That's a, I mean, that's a cool phone call to get from somebody. Think about all the other shit that that person could be doing at that time. And same thing, you know, if you, if you make them smile, you make them laugh, and you have a 15-minute conversation with them, your day's going to be better because of it. So don't force yourself into negativity. Don't force yourself into distance. Don't push people away. Don't be isolationist lean into those relationships and those conversations and ensure that we're engaging with the ones that really are meaningful to us. And if we don't have those, let's start building them. Thanks guys. I hope you have a great weekend. Uh, it's going to just be gorgeous. It's such a great, amazing weekend. Get outside and just be with people. Like, I mean, we're talking about relationships here. Go out and go on a walk with somebody like take them out and get, get out to high banks, go out to drive up to Michigan, whatever, like get out, get outside, enjoy the weather, enjoy some company. Um, you know, sit socially distanced around a fire, be smart. Uh, but you know, engage, let's engage.